in the words of Public Enemies, Chuck D, bring the noise. and Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor and this is What's Good. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week. Brackets in the circumstances. Um, this episode is one I've been looking forward to for a few weeks now. I've had this in I've had this in the lock a key for a minute and I'm so glad I'm dropping this one. This is this is a really good episode. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, partly because I didn't have to ask <laughs> many questions because <laughs> there was so much detail I just had to sit back and kick my feet up it was great <laughs> but now we got some questions in. no you don't you worry uh so my interview today is with uh actress tv film voice theater you name it she is about it she is an actor in every sense of the word uh, Miss Danielle Monet Truitt. Um, so, I've, I, I tell this in the interview, obviously, but um, the first time I saw her on screen, and just the first time I've ever you know, heard of her, um, was on a show on BET uh, called Rebel. Um, it's basically about a uh, just a. It was it was created by uh, the late great John Singleton, R.I.P. And uh, it was basically about this, uh, you know, uh, this. Uh, cop detective kind of you know loose cannon kind of vibe and it basically was a take on you know how uh you know race inside a police station uh goes about you know how they react to things and it's, uh, it was based in oakland california and if you know if you know the history of oakland california in recent in recent decades uh, you know how uh, volatile it can get on that front um, so yeah, it was a very fascinating show, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was, uh, and I, I enjoyed her performance. You know, it was, it was really, um, it was really good, and just and uh, you know, it had a great tone to it. You know, it had serious moments, but it also had time to be funny as well. And I really like those kind of shows. And I've kept up with uh, Miss True ever since, um, just uh, from afar. You know, just looking at her social media and stuff like that, and uh, you know, just watching her work um, and uh, and do great things and. Um, you know, she she on the on the face she looks like a good person, and I just thought, why not hear her up? You know what I mean? It was just on a whim, uh, like most of these interviews, and uh, she uh, you know graciously accepted. And uh, yeah, so we get into well, in about uh, it's about an hour and a half. I don't know how long the um, overall show is, but yeah, like in, I got time with her for an hour and a half, and uh, I do say in the episode, I do say in the interview that um, it's the first time where. I genuinely wish I had more time. You know, obviously I can talk to most of the people I've interviewed so far um, and in the past, you know, you know, forever, right? I can I can always do that kind of thing, you know, it's possible. But this is one where I was just like, I have not, I, I want, I want more. <laughs> I personally want more. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really, um, 
it was just a really detailed uh, interview and I really just enjoyed my time and uh, you know it's, it's it's got good laughs and you know we we learn a, we you will learn a lot about Miss Truett and uh, you know that's what we're here for so uh, without further just damn it let's just jump in right in man this is enough of me talking man let's just let's just let's just uh, scratch up the paper on this one and just uh, just uh, just jump right in but before we do that for Matthews before we begin we have to email to us at IG and Facebook it's all in the full show notes all right so this is what i'm gonna this is i need to update you guys okay so um every time i post an episode right now and i'm gonna try and backpedal on the other episodes and try and add this a uh, little bit as well but i'm going to add the full show notes and the uh, and the timestamps for other shows i don't do timestamps uh, at the moment obviously because it's an interview and she listed the whole interview why would you skip halfway through um in a regular show if it was obviously a regular was goods i would have timestamps so i'm going to put a link in the uh, description for the full show notes and it will have all of that there it will have everything i've been saying um i've only just realized in changing hosting platforms that you know, some of you don't haven't haven't even got the ability to see that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm gonna plop a link uh, in the description, and it will have the full show notes there. Just hop onto it, give it, you know, press play, and then hop onto the show notes, and then you'll see everything there, everything I've actually written painstakingly <laughs> uh, in terms of description. You'll see the full show notes in that particular transistor link. And yeah, apart from that, I uh, also have Discord as well, uh, but regardless of that, it will all be in the full show notes that you will be able to see, and I've finally, after all these episodes, finally clocked how the hell it all works. <laughs> but I will backtrack uh, uh, when I get the time to do so. But yeah, apart from that, I just wanted to get that update out of the way. <laughs> apart from that, let's jump right in. My interview with Miss Danielle Monet Truitt. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, Miss Danielle Monet Truitt. <laughs> what is good with that? Hello. What is good? Uh, how are you doing today? I'm <laughs> so, great. So, so, so. I'm great. I'll have, have, have a little check right. up with people just to I'm great considering, check their right quick. Great considering what's going on in the world, you know, trying to make the mm. best of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, it's, yeah, it, 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 I feel like... Um, I was listening to Chiedi in another episode before I came on here and uh, I was talking about uh, perspective in terms of just all of this and like I feel like the only reason in some way that I actually hear you up in general is just uh, well why not you know what I mean just like yeah. trying to do as many interviews as possible just to keep it keep the train moving and uh, yeah, yeah I thought it was a good shout since you know I've well we'll we'll get we'll get to we'll get to where we get to the, that stuff but um, I like to begin every interview uh with uh, the beginning of ba- basically so uh, where were you born um what were you like uh, growing up and what was your environment like as you grew up um well i was born um in sacramento california so i'm a, a cali girl through and through uh <laughs> and um when i was a very very young child my dad played professional baseball for the a's and the cardinals so we would travel a lot. I lived, we lived in Florida when I was like an infant. We lived in Tacoma, Washington. We lived in the Bay Area. And then eventually um, 
we lived, we moved to Sacramento. Um, I have three siblings. So I'm the oldest. I have a brother that's like a year younger than me and then a sister that's three years younger than me and then a sister that's 17 years younger than me. My parents had an oops baby. (laughs) We're like, oh, okay. (laughs) I relate. I can relate. I can relate. (laughs) So she's like my little mini me, kind of. Like we look a lot alike, but she's 17 years younger than me and she goes to UC Irvine. So, Um, But I had a very um, interesting childhood as far as, you know, my dad playing professional baseball and then he Mm -hmm. actually was on drugs for a long time. So he stopped playing baseball and there was that whole struggle. I grew up in the 90s, you know, 80s, 90s when the crack epidemic was at its height, you know. Um, And so I was definitely affected. My family was definitely affected by that. Um, but we've always had, you know, a strong faith in God and my dad eventually got clean. He's been clean since I was about, um, 13, I think. Um, and, uh, now I'm ancient and I'm playing, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm much older than 13 now, as you can tell. Um, Uh but he's been clean for, for a long time and, uh, he, he, now he's a pastor of a church and. You would you would never yeah. you would never even know that he went through that when you look at him. But um but yeah, I grew up, you know, in Sacramento. Um we struggled, you know, financially kind of and um uh, so we was one of those families where we were very talented but we just kinda had to learn how to, you know, how to sing and dance and do that kind of stuff kinda on our own, like no classes, none of that kind of stuff. But uh right. I, at like seven I started um I showed interest in singing. My mother was a singer or is a singer. So she kind of took me under her wing and taught me uh, how to sing. And, you know, I started singing in church. And then I started dancing. I was in a drill team, like a stomp team, um, when I was probably eight, maybe. Um, And started dancing, you know, and performing talent shows and doing all that stuff. And um, and then in high school, you know, I did everything, played basketball, I was a cheerleader, did, I was that kid that just didn't want to go home, so she was in everything. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, that's cool. In everything. Um, and then when I got to college, that's when I started, um, I developed a love for acting and stuff, and who knew, you know, now I would be a professional actor, but it didn't, didn't right. really come up until I was like 19 years old that I wanted to, wanted to act. So. Yeah. I mean, in terms of obviously, um, you know, I guess in some ways you were always trying to, uh, I guess, find something, I guess that's probably, you know, in some way why, you know, constantly just, it was interested in a lot of things. And I think that's always, you know, yeah, goods, you know, to have an interest in something or, you know, um, a passion for science or an interest in a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I find it, I think I find it a rarity um, in most people's lives that they have, then they manage to find both. It's usually either one or the other. But, um, <laughs> no, it's, 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 cool, it's cool that you managed to find both. Um, out of the, uh, uh, in terms of out of the uh, uh, the options that you had uh, during, obviously, your high school days in that sense, mm-hmm. uh if it wasn't if it wasn't acting, was it would it, would it have um, would it have been chilling? Would it have been basketball? I mean, I don't, what, was, what was what was the levels in terms of? Uh, uh, I was very <laughs> very good at the, both of those things. Um, 
I don't think I mean I would I don't think I would have gone to the WNBA. Like I'm only five six, so I'm not sure. I don't know. I had a mean jumper though, <laughs> but I yeah, had yeah. but I had a, I had a bad knee. I had a, a knee injury my tenth grade year, and uh-huh. then I so I had to sit out the rest of my tenth grade year, and then I played all of my eleventh grade year, and like I think I made like all city or something. That was pretty good, and then um, and then my senior year I messed up my knee again, so I couldn't play my senior year. So basketball was not like an, a future option for me at all. Uh, and then cheerleading was, I was very good. I was, we were like a freaking, we were like all state for cheerleading. Like we were, our cheerleading squad was amazing, but it was mostly for song leading, which is like the dance portion of, of cheerleading. So that was something fun, right. but it was never anything I thought that I wanted to pursue afterward. I was a really, I was a really, really great singer. So I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe I could have a singing career, you know, and all my friends and family was like, oh my God, you should be, you know, you're going to be famous one day. But they never thought it would be for acting. <laughs> they like uh-huh. thought I would be uh-huh. like a singer, you know, and I just, uh-huh. I I was in, I had a couple girl groups and like I, I recorded when I was in high school and stuff. And the music business was just so flaky, you know, it was like people would say like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to record with you. And then they wouldn't show up or it would take forever to finish stuff. Or we would go to a gig to sing and they would try to like not pay us like, you know. And so I just had a bad taste in my mouth, even at a young age about music the music business you know I was just like I don't think I want to do that you know um and so I was like well maybe I'll be a lawyer I love entertainment so maybe I'll be entertainment lawyer I wanted to be around entertainment but I didn't think I wanted Mm. to necessarily make a career of being the entertainer I think sometimes I've always been like a very talented child like I can draw I can I can do a whole bunch of things like you know so, like you said, like you just do everything that you know you notice that you're good, you're good at it, so you're like, "Okay, well, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that, and you just kind of eventually mm-hmm. like you kind of settle into like, "Okay, this is actually what I really want to do, and mine just came mm-hmm. mine just came a little later, but when I got introduced to acting and you know I was in a play in college, and I really loved theater and I was like, well, acting seems like not a sure, it didn't seem like a sure career, but at least I didn't feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to do work and people are going to steal money from me, even though that actually did happen. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to do work and people aren't going to pay me. Oh, that happens in acting too. Yeah. But I didn't realize that too. I was already in too deep at that point. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, my mom always tells me this story when I was a little, little kid. She was at the grocery store, and me and my brother and sister were in the car. We were really young. I might have been five, so they were younger than me. And my mom was putting groceries in the car, and she said this really tall black man came over to her and was like, I just want to encourage you. Like, I know you're going through a hard time. He didn't know her from anywhere. He's like, I know you're going through a hard time. I just want to encourage you that everything is going to be all right. And he, like, gave her a scripture, like, meditate on this scripture or whatever. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you. And then he looked in the window, and he was like, oh, are those your children? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, they're very special children, like, they're very talented children. He was like, but that one right there, she's really special. Like, she has multiple gifts, and she's going to, like, use them to, like, 
to inspire the world or something. And then she was like, oh, okay, thank you. And she like put her groceries in the car. And then she was like, and then I turned around and the man was gone. <laughs> so she, she was like, think, she that's thinks it's like an angel or something. You know, she, that's how she felt. Like it was an angel or something that came to like encourage her. But he totally like picked me out and was like, she's uh-huh. going to be something like special or whatever. So I try to hold on to that when things are looking grim. <laughs> right, yeah. That's surreal. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a surreal story to think about. Pretty like, cool. It reminds me of um, it reminds me of the Kendrick song, How Much a Dollar Cost. And um, that particular song, like, uh, I don't know if you listen to Kendrick at all, but like mm-hmm. in that particular song, like uh, he's in, at that point, I think he's in South Africa. And um um, he's uh, this this homeless man's asking him for for like um you know some change or whatever, and he's like going he's like going be it be it be it, mm-hmm. um, middle middle middle, and the end is basically set, like the homeless dude was actually um Jesus, and yeah. he was like just hitting him with like mad knowledge, and it was just it's it's it completely it completely exploded the album in my head for me, um but yeah, yeah no that's that's kind of a, kind of a similar uh, vein into <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's crazy crazy to think about yeah um i wanted to uh just before we get into uh the career wise in terms of what you have now obviously um what kind what kind of uh you, obviously you're saying you, you your first i guess um realization of talent was um singing um what was your what was the what was the music that was being played um you know in the in the, in the household mm-hmm. and uh what influenced you as you were, uh, I guess, um, honing skills in that end? Yeah, uh, well, in my, in, when I was a small kid, like, my mom was playing Michael Jackson. Like, um, he was, like, my favorite. He was also, like, my, um, I, I like, childhood crush. Like, I love Michael Jackson, so I used to, like, he was my invisible friend. Like, I didn't have, like, a real invisible, I had Michael Jackson as my invisible friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Mommy, can you make a bowl of cereal for Michael?" And me and Michael would, me and Michael Jackson would sit there and eat cereal together. Like, uh, so really? Michael Jackson was huge in our house. Whitney Houston was huge in our in our house. Um, um, a lot of gospel music, like the Winans, um, mm-hmm. BB and CC and the Winans, and Vanessa mm-hmm. Bell, Vanessa Bell. Um, and a lot of old school, like my mom in her car, she only had, she didn't have FM, the FM stations. She only had an AM station and there was like an old school station on that AM station. And we would listen to old school, like seventies, um, music, you know, Marvin Gaye and Luther Vandross and, um, the temptations and all of that stuff when I was a kid. So I kind of grew up knowing all those old songs, like at a young, at a young age. Um, and then of course, you know, we had like a radio in our house. So just listening to popular music, like the first song I remember trying to sing was like a vision of love by Mariah Carey. And that's my mom. I was like in my room, like, up against the wall, like, treated me kind, like, trying, <laughs> just trying, like, a little kid, yeah, trying yeah. to sing, and she's like, do you want to learn how to sing? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so she started teaching me, you know, and and after that, I started listening to Whitney Houston a lot, so her um, mm. her first album, like, where she had the bald head, or, like, the, the short, short hair, 
style with all those songs on there. Like I would just lock myself in my room and like listen to those and try to mimic her, you know? So I learned, mm. I learned how to sing by mimicking her, her voice. So I always say like my mom and Whitney Houston taught me how to sing. Cause you know, and then it got to a point where I was like in high school and they'd be like, you sound just like Whitney Houston. Like that's because that's all I love. Like yeah. she was who I, you know, modeled myself after. And then I was like, I got to start figuring out like what I sound like that, you know, my own voice, you know, but yeah, those right. that kind of soul music, you know, soul music, gospel music, R&B. Of course, Michael Jackson was more pop. So, you know, pop stuff was very. And then when I became a teenager, rap music was, you know, very instrumental. Uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and all them. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. I actually think I've heard the Whitney Houston you're talking about Vinyl Summer um, bestowed bestowed upon me by uh, by family. But probably uh, if if anyone to you know pat yourself over, I guess uh, Whitney's not a bad choice. Um, (laughs) So yeah, good job. Good yeah. shout, good shout. Um, so you were to, you were going to, uh, uh, I guess uh, you were talking about um, uh, your first um, steps into acting. Um, you said it was uh, through college, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, my first year of college, I took yeah. a theater class, um, just for fun, right. for fun. Just, just, just for fun, right? Okay. So, <laughs> how long did it take you in that case? um t- for it to just really i guess uh click in for you that you know this is something you can explore and actually you know um perhaps pursue someday uh let's see well i started college i think it was like september took the theater class like as in you know just to have one fun class i don't know why i didn't take a music yeah. class i could have took a music class but i was like oh, i'm taking acting class so i took this acting class and i think around it had to be around November, maybe. Uh, my professor pulled me to the side and was like, um, are you a major, theater major? And I was like, no. And she was like, have you thought about being a theater major? I was like, no, I'm a psychology major. And she was like, well, I think you should think about being a theater major. And I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, and she was like, I, she was like, I just, I think you have a natural talent for acting you know she's like I think you're very natural I think you're you know you have a there's just something about you really good even though you don't know anything about it at this point she was like I think you should think about that and I was like well I could do it as a minor you know I could be a psychology major and a theater minor she was like no (laughs) she's like no (laughs) she's like you you need she's like you need to be an a major and I was like that professor, her name was Juanita Rice, and she was a brilliant actress and kind of crazy, but most of the brilliant actors are crazy. So anyway, um, I was like, okay. Um, she was like, well, there's a play going on. Um, you know, there's a play that is auditioning. There's a play, and you, I think you should audition for it. You know, it's for mm. Sons and Ancestors, which was kind of like the black theater club or whatever, and they did like a black play every every once a year, you know, of course, during Black History Month, because that's how, anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, so I went and auditioned for this play. It was called The America Play by Susie Laurie Parks. Um, and I auditioned for it, and I ended up getting the lead role. 
and it was uh I was playing like an old lady she was like a 60 year old lady so it was so fun I had to like do I'd learn how to do old makeup and I had to put on like a fat suit like you know so I didn't look like I was 19 uh, <laughs> and um I just went through the whole that whole process it was a very small cast I think it was about five of us <clears throat> four of us yeah about five of us and I just went through the process of like going through rehearsal, understanding what it meant to be directed. And I realized I really like to be directed. Like I love to, of course, have ideas of my own, but I love to have somebody say, hey, try this. And then me try it and see if I can do it. Um, And it probably comes from like having a talent for mimicking things like, you know, hearing something and being able to do it or seeing something or drawing, you know, seeing something, be able to draw it. So directing was kind of that way for to me too. And so I just had a great time. And when we started, I think it was our first performance, I like walked out on the stage with like the lights and like the people sitting out there. And I was like, I think I want to change my major. Like, I really like this. Like, this is really cool, you know? And so I, I talked to my parents and they were like, sure, it's up to you. Like, you the one in college, you should do whatever you want to do while you're in college. I happen to have those mm-hmm. kind of parents, which was cool. Yeah. I don't have that story of like, what? Yeah, yeah, theater. Like they were like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no pussy. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're yeah. like, do do what you want to do. That's great, you know. And All so right. um, I changed my major, and um, I just started auditioning for all the plays there, and it was hard. Me, I was the only black woman in the department, and you know, yeah, it was the er- it was two two thousand, you know. Uh, when I was in co- when I was in like ninety nine two thousand when I started college, but it was still you know very people were not open minded like you know I would audition for you know I auditioned for um, cabaret and you know it was between right. me and this you know a couple white girls for Sally Bowles I should have I should have got that like I should have got that part but. Of course. It was like they couldn't see a black girl playing Sally Bowles, you Uh know? So they were like, Uh oh, we're going to give it to, Uh we're going to give it to Marcy because, and I love Marcy Uh was great. You know, she was great, but then she's a senior, you know? And I'm like, no, she's white. Like, that's why. But anyway, whatever. (laughs) So, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, I was just always in the black play, you know? Like every Mm -hmm. year I was in the black play and we would do like our awards, which it was called the Jeffrey Awards instead of the Oscars or whatever. And every year I would win. I would win best actress in the department every year, but I would only be able to, I was only cast in black plays, like, you know. And so it was like, which I was not mad at because I love African-American theater, you know, and I was still winning the awards or whatever, but it was just sad that it was like, okay, this is college. This is like where I'm supposed to learn, you know, like different genres and different types of work you know and I should be able to perform those things because when you get into the real world no most of the time you're not going to be cast in certain things so it's good to have be able to do it while you're in a safe environment for learning you know so by the time I think by the time I got to my senior year I was um kind of cast I was I was cast in like much ado about nothing which was cool you know um and then I was in this, 
I was in a couple plays that didn't have anything to do with race. Like one of them was called Honk and it was like a musical about ducks and it was super cool. And I was the lead. I I was like the lead in that. And then we ended up going to the British Virgin Islands after I graduated from college to do it in the British Virgin Islands, which is pretty cool, you know. Uh, And then I did, I think, uh, Medea, one of the Greek tragedies or whatever, but it was like kind of done with puppets so it was it was very interesting. Like the things I got to do in college were really interesting. Um, but once I decided like I'm gonna change my major and I'm gonna pursue acting, I very much so knew that I wanted to be on television and do film and be on Broadway. It wasn't like, oh, I wanna study theater and then teach teach it. You know what I mean? It was yeah, I wanted to pursue it as a career. And I knew that the chances of that were very, 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 very small. You know, because yeah. not many, there's not many, there's so many of us that are pursuing it, but there's not many people that get certain opportunities. So I do not take for granted any <laughs> of the opportunities I've got because it's hard, you know, it's hard. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, I did community theater while I was in college still, you know, I just tried to do as much theater as possible. And I just really grew a, a really deep passion and love for theater and I like I like film I like television but being on stage is like the best you know <laughs> yeah well I was going to ask about you know um theater because um I personally and um uh, well, I, don't, I don't I don't know the popularity levels of theater I'll just be real with it but um I personally just stick with me like I I haven't really explored theatre in any way in particular but I do know a few people that you know regularly you know either mess with it or they just or they're actually you know trying to be a part of that particular system I find it particularly interesting the fact that you know you you know cut your teeth doing theatrical works instead of um you know when I was in university none of it was theatre it was just I you know it was just filming stuff you know it was either a short film or it was a uh, or a studio tv show so um I find that kind of interesting the fact that you know I think there's a lot of um uh, in terms of conversations about you know uh, uh african-american acting uh there's a lot of is you know it's either like a two road thing you either you're either going to you know an acting school or <laughs> you're just you're just uh you know doing it just to do it basically and you know if it's good it's good it's not it's not so um yeah. I, I kind of find that dynamic kind of interesting um so uh yeah i, 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 I no question there but it's just like uh, it was just yeah, interesting yeah, it's just an interesting path i guess in terms of just uh how it's not usually seen like that way um you know you're either juilliard trained or you're just uh right or you, mine or just uh do we do just doing it somewhere else in this yes case, like you know right sometimes youtube mine was in the middle i guess because i did my, my school was definitely not an acting school like it was just a regular right. <clears throat> it was sacramento state university like they you know they were not mm-hmm. known for their acting except except uh whatchamacallit <laughs> did did go to our college um Oh, Lord. Uh, Tom Hanks. He went to Sac State for like 
two years or something. Uh, and then, yeah. So that that's the one I yeah, held on to. Right, when they told me that, I was yeah. like, oh, Tom Hanks went here? But, uh, but yeah, it was not... <laughs> It was not a school for acting. And when I graduated from college, I did not feel prepared for going into the world of acting. I didn't even feel like I was good enough, honestly. Like, I knew I had talent. Everybody was like, oh, my God, you're so good. But I didn't feel like I had got enough training to, like, so I... So I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to move out of college and go to New York or L.A. immediately. Like... I applied to grad school at like NYU and Yale. I was like, I only want to go to NYU or Yale, which is so stupid. There's so many. Like, what? Sometimes you look back at yourself when you're like 20, 21, and you're like, you so stupid. Like, (laughs) I "I only want to go to NYU or Yale. That's it. And so I went to this big uh, dreams, big dreams. (laughs) They had, but really it wasn't even a dream. It was, I was scared. Like it was like, I didn't know what to do after college. So the easiest thing to do was to go back to college, you know, not to like actively pursue acting, you know? And so I was kind of doing it out of fear. It wasn't like I really, I was doing it out of fear that I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Or if I had, if there, there would even be a place for me anywhere, you know. And uh, I was also dating somebody at the time that lived in New York. So I was like, well, <laughs> maybe if, if I get into college at these places, then maybe that means we're supposed to be together. Of course, I didn't get in. I made it to like the last round. And then, you know, they only accept like eight to ten people or something. It's like they don't they don't accept that many people. So I made it very far, didn't get in. But there were like other colleges at the audition that were approaching me like, hey, would you like to audition for our school? And I was like, no, no. And then come to find out like some of those were actually some of those were actually really good schools. Like one of them was in Chicago. Like that would have been a great place for me to study. Anyway, so I (laughs) so I I didn't I just I, I didn't get in. So I, you know continue to do theater in Sacramento for a couple years. I became a, a company member at a theater, which is where I, that was kind of like where I learned more about acting, you know, and kind of shaped the kind of actor I am. It was a, it's a theater, but it's a very naturalistic type of theater. So a lot of the plays that we did were very naturalistic, like you would see on a film or on television you know it wasn't like this over the top you know type of you know acting that you think of you know when you think of theater you know um yeah and so I think I learned a lot like from working with those you know with those people so I got the education that I needed you know so that when I decided to move to LA I was a little bit more you know more equipped but I have friends that they studied at conservatories they went to Juilliard they went to Oh, some of these really, really great schools, you know, and I just feel blessed, you know, that I'm kind of where I'm at, like starting late in the game, you know, and then not studying under in a conservatory where when you study in a conservatory, when you're done, they sit like you're you're not set up, but you basically like you graduate and then they send you to LA or to or in New York and you have a showcase in front of managers, all the top managers, all the top agents, all of that stuff like 
you get to right. show your skills and then a lot of times you're you're you get an agent right right off the bat you get a manager right off the bat so you're fresh out of mm. out of college and you already have you know maybe a b a b level agent you know that's working to get you work you know and i'm like dang like you know i i definitely felt like somebody that was kind of like I, f- I definitely felt like I was someone that was a runner trying to catch up. You know, I was playing. Ca- right. I felt like I was playing catch up. You know, um, yeah. So it was a long. It's, it's been interesting. A long that, journey. It's interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting in that sense because obviously, um, uh, again, in terms of perspective, like you know, you can you can feel like that. You know, run behind, and you know, I I I feel like that a lot. Um, you know, so I think it's something that most people always have that. Um, just. I guess self doubt uh, disguised as something else, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's it's your own path, I guess, and uh, and if you just go by your own path, then you should be you know it's, it's all that's all you can do, it's all you can control. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's 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 very interesting in terms of obviously when you talked about uh, um, obviously you know people from the the had I guess what you wanted in one sense, but they still have their own i guess uh you know yeah. obstacles yeah um so you know that's kind of fascinating i think that's always i think i think that's always something that is <clears throat> not talked about uh enough especially when it comes to people in creative pl- uh, in creative uh, b- b- industries i guess yeah um especially when they come out of you know college or university they <laughs> they're just given this piece of paper and then it's like good luck now what <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah just give you that piece of paper they just kick your ass out the door it's right. it's so it's it's a bit of yeah it's a bit of there's a bit of whiplash to that um and uh you know i feel you know i feel i feel like there's many people um that in 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 a lot of cases they just um they they take that whiplash and then they just uh they they just go back to either what they were doing before, or mm-hmm. you know, not do anything as it pertains to their uh, line of uh, line of course taking, and yeah. um, you know that kind of makes me a bit sad about it because you know I know good people who are talented in their you know in their fields or whatever, but yeah, um, you know life just hits you in the face. Oh my god! But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know kudos to you in that sense and uh, of obviously just uh, uh continuing at it and finding uh you know finding doors um yeah it's either that or make your own yes i have um, a quote i have a quote one of my favorite quotes is if you can't find a door um make one yeah i mean yes yeah, just simply put um and i think that's something that's always uh I think I think that's something that people, um, you know, should take out of this um, in in this in this overall conversation. Um, you know, especially if you're in, uh, for anybody in creative places. In terms of um, continuation of your career at that point. Um, obviously you were continuing with, um, you know, theatre work, um, but I guess when did it start to, 
I know how to phrase it, but I guess pick up for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good phrase. Um, I think things. I don't. I so I moved to LA in two thousand six. Um, right. I book I booked a couple commercials like kind of immediately when I got here. I had a cousin who was like a C maybe a C level agent, and she helped me out and audition and uh, sent me out for some like commercial stuff. So I booked a couple commercial auditions. I ended up getting married at that during that time um so it was like a whirlwind like I moved to LA I reconnected with my high school sweetheart we got married I booked a couple commercials yeah after that (laughs) after that I ended up auditioning for the princess and the frog the Disney movie movie to do um it's called uh video referencing so they 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 hire someone to do the voice acting and then they hire an actor to do the physical acting and then uh, for Princess and the Frog, they did it the old school way, where you just dress up and you act out the scenes, and then they watch the film and they draw everything you're doing. So I auditioned for Princess Tiana. Right. I booked that job, so I am the video reference for Princess Tiana. Um, so I did like cool. all her face expressions and body movements, and like all the dancing, yeah. all the acting, and the. Uh, physical acting in the film or whatever. So that was like a really cool experience. That was like my first LA like thing. And even though it was like video reference, it was like kind of still a big deal. I helped create the first yeah. African-American Disney princess. Like that's so yeah, it was like pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, you don't get any like recognition for it really because you're not the voice, but I did mm-hmm. get like one LA Times article or something, and like, of course, all my family and friends are like, "You the princess!" <laughs> They're like, "You are Princess Tiana. You are her essence. You are her spirit." They're so funny. Um, <laughs> so, like, that was really cool. And that, through doing that, I got to do a voice in the movie for another character. So it was like that. Was like, I don't know. It was like very encouraging. Like, okay, like things could. could happen for me and then you know because I didn't have a lot of support like agency wise and stuff like that I wasn't being sent out for like tv shows and like films and things like that so I was just trying to you know do the best I could you know and then I kept going back to Sacramento to do theater because I needed to live so I was like I need work you know so I kept going back to Sacramento so after a while I was like I can't go back to Sacramento anymore like and this was right. actually this was actually before I got the Princess and the Frog. I was like, I can't go back to Sacramento anymore. If I want to have a career in LA, I have to like buckle down and just stay here and try to do what I can, you know. And then yeah. I ended up getting the Princess and the Frog. And so then after that, I worked at Disneyland um, as Princess Tiana for like a show that they did. I was like the first Princess Tiana at Disneyland. <laughs> This is so funny. <laughs> so I worked on this yeah, thing called Tiana's Showboat Jubilee. And so I'm like singing all the songs, like, you know, singing all the right. songs, dancing. It was it was fun for a while until it wasn't anymore. Um, <laughs> and, and then uh, I ended up getting pregnant with my first son. And uh, during right before that time, too, I was trying to create. We we're talking about creating our own doors, you know. So I wanted to create a one woman play. And so I reached out to a friend of mine who's a fantastic writer and was like, can you please help me? I don't write. So can you, can you write a one woman show for me? And I'll give you the concepts and stuff like that. And so we were working on that. We have been working on that for a couple of years. So I got pregnant with my first son and then he finished the script. 
and I didn't really like it at first. It was like the it was like I read the first character and I was like, what? What is this? I'm not playing this. It was like some hood, like real hood chick. Just like, like what? Like, I'm not playing no woman like that, you know, that talks like that. And it's just so, I was so judgy, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> I ended up getting cast in another one woman show that I hadn't, that I didn't write. It was the, the theater in Sacramento that I hadn't worked at in a couple years, but they called me for mm-hmm. a one woman play. And I'm like, well, I'm working on my own one-woman show. It would be great for me to do a one-woman play so I could get some practice. So I was pregnant doing a one-woman play. I played like 27 characters. It was so fun. I was so tired because I was growing a human at the same time. I don't know how I did that. But um, yeah. but I was like three, four months pregnant at the time. So I did that, mm. came back, had my baby, and then... A couple months went by, and I was like, where is that play? Where is that one-woman show that my friend Anthony sent me? Let me read it. Like, I never read the whole thing, you know. So I sat down, and I read it. And I, by the end of it, I was bawling. Like, I was crying because it was so good. And I was like, I was tripping. Like, I should have read, like, sat down and really read. This is amazing. And it only it's only three characters. I'm only playing three women. And so I, like, my son, I think, was, like, three and a half months. And I put up, like, I literally produced my one-woman play and started performing it. And I actually will be performing it on Instagram Live tomorrow, um, (laughs) starting tomorrow. Like, because it's one of, it's literally a piece of work and a piece of art that has, like, helped me get through my career up to this point. Like... I have, it is so good and it, and it has taught me so much about who I am as an artist and about acting. And it's a great piece, like showcase piece for me as well. Like I got an agent off from this piece um, and they hadn't even seen it. They just knew that I was doing it and they were so impressed that I was like taking initiative to do something mm. on my own in my career that they, that they, mm said like we want to represent you and they hadn't even seen it you know so this play has like kind of like it's like a benchmark like in my journey you know as an actor so I started doing you know started doing that I I ended up a friend of mine I ended up going to like these this performance called for the record with a really good friend of mine and it was this group of people who got together and performed famous directors movies they would perform the songs from the soundtrack of of famous directors movies and then do scenes from the movie so they it was like for the record coen brothers and i went to to see it oh no sorry it was for the record baz lerman and i went to see it and they were doing like moulin rouge and all this stuff and i was watching Mm. it and it was really good and i was like i can do this like i wonder if they're if they're like casting for it or whatever the next one is that they're doing. Like I would want to audition and I had just had my baby, you know, I just had Jackson. So, you know, I didn't have anything going on. I didn't have an agent. I had anything. So I called, or sorry. So afterward we talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, we're actually having auditions for our next one for the record. Coen brothers, you should audition. So I'm like, okay, I hadn't auditioned in probably six months or something. So I'm like nervous, you know, (laughs) I'm in there and, I ended up getting cast. Me and my homegirl got cast in it. And so for the next three years, I performed with this 
with this group um, called yeah. for the for the record, and we did for the record Tarantino, for the record Scorsese, for the record like it was so cool. It was like a rock concert. We went to South by Southwest and performed. It we went we, yeah. we performed at the House of Blues. Like it was amazing. It was so fun until it wasn't anymore. And that's you know that's how life is, <laughs> you know. And so um, I moved on from that. And I went to San Diego and did a couple plays out there. One was called The Mountaintop. I did the, the West Coast premiere of The Mountaintop, which is an amazing play about the last night Martin Luther King was alive as a two-hander. And it was directed by Roger Gimbeer Smith, who's a fantastic actor. You can look him up. Like, he's done a lot of Spike Lee stuff. He's amazing. But he directed us. That was another benchmark, like, in my career, in my journey, like, working with Roger and doing this play and I ended up doing it twice getting a chance to do it two runs of it um which was really amazing and um so years are going by like years are going by and I'm like it's like slowly things are kind of happening but not happening but kind of happening like at least like you know I have an agent right. now at least you know it's like I'm just trying to get some kind of work like on television. Let me get my charger. I'm trying to get, you know, some kind of work on television or something, you know, mm. to try to move, you know, my career along. There was some like, um, sorry, there was some TV executive that saw me perform um, live and wanted to meet with me at uh, CBS, I think. And he was like, yeah, I'm looking at your resume. You don't have any TV credits. And I'm like, um, yeah, I haven't done any TV yet. Like, that's why I'm here right. talk, talking to you. <laughs> and he's like, uh -huh. well, you know, you're going to need some TV credits first, you know? And I'm like, oh, like, this is so frustrating. Like, I don't have any TV credits, which is why I need some TV credits. So why don't you give me a job or give me opportunity? You know, mm -hmm. it's the catch 22, you know? And so, yeah. and then my agents, they're like, you're so talented. You know, we're not just going to send you out for any little thing. Like, we're not going to send you out for no one-liner role. Like, you know, you we're going to send you out for something that has at least seven, five to seven lines. Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, I just need a credit, you know. And so eventually, and eventually I ended up getting a manager. And, and I was, so my manager and agents were working together. And I ended up getting my first TV role. This was like in 2016. So I moved to LA in 2006 and it took 10 years. No, not 16. I'm tripping. Sorry. I moved there in 2006. I got my first TV role in 2013. Okay. So, so still kind of a long time, you know, or in between, you know, and it was a guest star on a show called Super Fun Night with Rebel Wilson. And it was, you know, it was a great guest star. It was so fun. And I was just grateful to have something, you know. And they were like, this is a pretty big, like, guest star. And you don't have any TV credits, you know. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I ended up, I ended up getting it. It was great. And I had a lot mm -hmm. of fun. And I was like, I hope I can do it again. And then in 2014, and then I got pregnant again right after that with my second kid. <laughs> and then I was performing with that group still. So I was like six months pregnant, like singing and with a big old belly and, you know, performing. Like I performed till I couldn't perform anymore. <laughs> and then wow. I had my son. And then about five months later or something, I booked another little part on a TV show. You know, um, I think this one was a Mulaney on Fox. And, you know, it was a, a co-star. So I had a couple lines, you know. 
And yeah. so I was like, okay, you know, slowly but surely. And so, and then I stopped performing with that group. And then I put more effort into doing my one woman play. I performed it again and I took it to um, the United Solo uh, Festival in New York and performed it there. And it was just really trying to focus on like doing the things I wanted to do, you know, and really pouring into my career. Um, you know, I had I had worked with that group uh, for the record and put a lot of energy and time into helping them build their vision, you know, for their for their company. And it and it, it's still going to this day. It's a really, really great thing. But I was like, I need to put that energy, that same energy, I need to put that into my career and what I want, mm. you know, out of my career. And so that's what I, you know, started to do. And then um, fall of 2015 is when I auditioned for a show called Rebel that was on BET that was produced by John Singleton and and the description sounded just like me which was brown skin natural hair from Oakland California I'm like wait what like that sounds just mm. like me and so I auditioned mm. for it you know and got a call back and, and got a you know producer session with with John and the rest of the producers and it was literally once again a benchmark moment in my life where I was like oh my god like it was the most incredible experience I've had in an audition ever. Like, I, my performance was good, but but John, like the way that he reacted to my work, that reacted to me, you know, asking me what I had done before, and I was like, well, nothing that you would know of, you know. And he, I was like, I do a lot of theater, and he's like, what? You do theater? Oh, oh my God, I love theater. Like, you know, he's like, <laughs> sit down, sit down, sit down, let's talk, you know. And he's like, so excited right. that I do theater, which is yeah. not anything I've ever got in an audition room. They're like, oh, all you have is theater. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was the complete opposite. It was like everything that made me me, you know, I had decided, I know this sounds funny, but I had decided like a couple months before that that I wasn't going to wear like a straight hair weave anymore. I was like, I'm not wearing my hair like that anymore. I'm going to wear my hair natural. Like I'm going to wear my hair in my fro and natural styles and I'm tired of like trying to change my look because I think that that's what would be more appealing to the industry you know I was like I'm gonna wear my hair curly like it is and a, a couple months later this audition comes up you know and John mm -hmm. is like super adamant about the character having natural hair you know and it being curly natural hair and I'm like okay and so you know, just talking to him and him being blown away by me and stuff. It just, I didn't think I was going to get the part. <laughs> like, I, you know, but but I, when I left, I literally cried in the parking lot because it was such a great experience that I had never experienced before. And I'm like, that's John Singleton. Like, if John Singleton thinks that I am amazing, like, then I have hope. Like, there's hope that I'm on the right path. Mm. not for one second was I thinking and I'm going to book the part and I'm going to have my own TV show. <laughs> like I would have never, <laughs> never. And at that point it was a TV movie. It wasn't even a TV show. It was a TV movie. And so I was oh, like, what? yeah. So I was like, you know, I was like, this is just, this is just encouragement to keep going, you know, that I'm on the right path, you know? And so then like, you know, a couple weeks later, they're like, John really loves her. Like, we'll keep you posted after the new year you know, when she can come back in to, you know, for her next level, whatever the next step is. So the new year came, the new year went, I was do, I was performing in dream girl somewhere 
and I was doing the mountaintop. I was doing two plays at the same time. I don't know how nice. I was doing that with two kids, but whatever. Yeah. So I was doing <laughs> I was doing both plays at the same time. February came and went. I was like, oh, they probably, I guess they went with someone else. You know, of course. Of course they went with someone else. Like, you know, they're not, they don't know me from anywhere. Mm. March came. A couple days after my birthday, I get a call. They're like, hey, they they want you for Rebel. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, Rebel. The, and I'm like, the TV movie? They're like, well, yeah, but it's going to be a TV show now. And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, they mm. want they want you to test do a screen test and I'm like what like I I, I mean it was just <laughs> it just came oh. out of nowhere they were like no John yeah. Singleton loves you like from the time he saw you that day he was like you are rebel and there was a lot of stuff they had to you know go back and forth with and everything but they want you you know John and and Mar Vista Productions they want you for the you know for the part I'm like, what? Okay, uh-huh. so then like they called back the next day and was like, never mind. The the network wants someone else, so never mind. They're gonna they're gonna offer it to somebody else because that's what the network wants. Well, I guess it fell through, didn't happen. So they called me back again and was like, okay, no, we want you to, <laughs> we do want you to screen test. Like John wants you. Like he's never not wanted you. Like this is the network, and I'm like, okay. And so I screen tested. It was amazing. I had to wait 21 days. I found out I ended up getting it. And I was like, whoa. Like, I went from having two TV credits, a guest star and a co-star, to being the lead of my own television show, which is unheard of. It's just unheard Mm. of. So it just shows you, like, it doesn't really matter what your journey is. Like, just freaking stay on it. Like, stay on your journey. You never know where you could end up. You never know what possibilities there are, what encounters you'll have, divine connections that are supposed to be made to get you to where you want to go. Where Sometimes where you didn't even think you knew you wanted to, you didn't even know that you wanted to go, you know? And so that experience, it was a very grassroots experience. BET, you know, is kind of still on their journey of becoming a network that is producing like television content on a consistent basis. And my show was one of the first ones, you know, to really do it. So it was very grassroots. It was an experience that I knew I was already like, I was groomed for that kind of experience because nothing in my life has been like silver spoonish. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay, yeah. I can do this. And I, and I've been performing my one woman show for forever, for for forever, and doing Rebel was almost like doing a one woman show cuz I was literally almost in every scene of every single episode. You know, so I was exhausted, exhausted, like beyond exhausted, but I had the the capacity to do it, you know, without going completely crazy. <laughs> and um mm-hmm. It was an amazing experience. Me and John were able to build a true friendship. Like that was like my big brother. He was my big brother, you know. And he even when Rebel didn't get picked up for a second season, he was so pissed off. But he was like, Danielle's gonna be fine. She's gonna be fine. Like, she's gonna be fine. And whatever I can do to help her, I will. But she has the talent and she's gonna be you know, just fine. I have no doubt, you know, and I had a lot of doubt because I went two years without working. Like I was on, I had mm. my own show and then I did not work for two years. And then after that, I ended up booking Snowfall, a, a, um, 
episode of Snowfall. And then a couple, and then John passed away, like literally, he passed away while I was, while I was filming Snowfall. So that was like so devastating and really hard because Snowfall is his other show as yeah. well. So it was just so weird to like be, it's just weird how life is. Like it was just weird that I would be filming his show and then he would pass away while I was fil filming it. Like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. So I just was so, I was just very discouraged. I was like, you know, this industry is hard enough. It's hard enough to make relationships and especially meaningful ones. And he was somebody that took a chance on me. Like, you know, when the network was like, we don't know her. Like, no, you know, we don't. He was like, no, she is rebel. She's rebel. You know, and he fought for me to have that part, you know. And then for somebody like that to be like, taken away from you that's how it feels you know it's like it feels like oh well I'm doomed like nobody you know nobody else has taken that kind of chance on me what makes me think that yeah. there's more people out there who are gonna see something unique you know in me like he did you know and so I definitely went through depression um during those two years of not working and then when John died it was just like too much you know and then um but then um I guess like four months later, four or five months later, that's when I booked Deputy. And it was kind of a similar situation. Like David Ayer, he didn't know me from anywhere. And I went in there and I tested. And he was like, that's Minnick. And they were like, what are you talking about? They were like, he was like, that's her, Dan Danielle, <laughs> Danielle Monet Truitt. And they were, they were like, who, who is she? It doesn't matter. He was like, I don't want any mm. politics. I don't want any bureaucracy. That's her. Like, they were like, well, can we see the tape? Like, we usually don't cast people unless, like, everybody gets a say. He was like, yeah, everybody doesn't get a say. I want her. <laughs> and they were like, mm. well, can we at least look at the tape? And they were like, he's like, yeah, 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 look at the tape. So they looked at the tape, and they were like, oh, okay, well, she is really good. <laughs> she, <clears throat> she is good. Like, you know, it's just not how we usually do things. He was like, yeah, I don't really care how you do things. Like, this is... Mm. So I'm like... Uh, I just I'm grateful for the for the people that God brings along to have them you know them see something special in me and like be able to go out on a limb. That's what you need, like people to go out on a limb for you and say like, yeah, I don't know her. I've never worked with her. There's just something about her that I that I that I like, and I think she's talented, and I'm gonna give her a shot, you know, and through all that you know now i have a lot of fans you know i have a lot of fans as far as not people in the world but like people in the industry like people that i've auditioned for and producers and you know directors and and casting directors and stuff so slowly but surely you know i'm building building it up but it has been quite a journey and now deputy didn't get a second season so here i am <laughs> i was like oh my journey, I just, my journey is very interesting. So here I am again, you know, I'm waiting, waiting for the next opportunity or not waiting as in not doing anything, but waiting mm. because we are uh, in a pandemic. So we're all waiting. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, Everybody's waiting now, but, um, but yeah, I'm just waiting for the next opportunity, but it's exciting. You know, yeah, I can't sure. say that it's, an, it's been an exciting journey for sure. So we'll see what's next. I mean, this has probably been the easiest 
interview I've ever done, to be honest. Uh, just uh, sitting and listening. It's uh, refreshing. It's <laughs> <laughs> refreshing that I, don't, uh, that I don't have to dig. Okay, so this is this is a uh, go with free since uh, you mentioned that first. Um, I was going to leave it to last since you do well as of this recording. You're uh, doing Angel Love tomorrow, like you mentioned. But since you mentioned it first, we'll we'll go into that first. Um, so well, f- just to just to explain the uh, the the plot of it, um, um, just if you if you want, and uh, as a I guess a technical question, mm-hmm. um, how is it? Uh, this is this is a very blunt question, but I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll give me detail. Uh, <laughs> how is it acting as obviously you know in this case three you know very distinct character roles, um, and I guess in 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 at the start of it, how long did it take you? Uh, was there a was there an easy one, or were they all hard? You know, what, what was the what was the dynamic for you in terms of like preparation uh, mm-hmm. for it? Once you you know eventually read the whole thing, <laughs> right? Um, well, okay, so the plot it's called Three Black Girl Blues, and we really just call it Three, um, and it's about three women who grew up together. They've known each other since they were six. Now they've they're thirty. And they're having to face some of their demons, like things that they, you know, have have uh, lied about, things they've done that nobody knows about, ways that they've betrayed each other that they don't know about, and it kind of all comes out. So you see, you see the play in three acts almost. So you see the first character, and then she's talking on the phone to the character that you're gonna meet next. And then you see that character and she's talking to the character that you're going to meet after that. And then you meet the third character and she's talking to her therapist. And then there's like a thread that goes through each character, but you don't realize it's a thread until you get to the third character and the third character reveals all this stuff. And you're like, oh my God, like it makes you go, oh my God, like I didn't know, you know, that was that. And, you know, uh-huh. and there are three, the first character, her name is Keisha. She's very urban. She she basically stayed where they grew up. They grew up in the hood. Keisha stayed there. She became kind of became a product of her environment, you know, and she's in this very dysfunctional relationship with her boyfriend, long-term boyfriend. He had a baby on her with some other girl and she's trying to figure out, you know, her life and dealing with it the only way that she knows how, which is crazy because Keisha's crazy. It's hilarious. But she, but I was, so it's crazy that I was so, like ugh, when I read her, like uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not performing that, you know. But she's once I stop judging her. One of the things you have to do as an actor, you can't judge your character. Like everybody, everybody has something. Everybody, nobody's all good. Nobody's all bad. So when you're performing yeah. a character, what you have to not do is judge them. You have to be able to tell the story as if you were them, you know. And so. I fell in love with Keisha because what I realized is the more that I worked on her, I realized how much of her is in me. Like I am like that in a lot of ways. And that's probably why I was repulsed by her when I was reading it. It Cause I saw too, I saw some of myself in there, you know? And I think it's actually an honor to play such an urban type 
or ghetto woman on stage because you do not see those kind of people represented on theatrical stages. Like there, there are no plays out there where there are urban ghetto hood, like women who are people who are growing up in the hood where they are acted out in a way where it humanizes them and makes you say, Oh my God, I can relate to this person. Like one time I had an old man, he was like 60 years old. He came up to me after one of my performances of three and was like, Oh my God, I love Keisha. I love her. <laughs> like she was my favorite character. I can relate to her. I'm like, what? Wow. Like you can relate to her. Like who would have <laughs> thought, you know, <laughs> who yeah. would have thought. And it just shows yeah. you like when you're specific and when you put love into these characters and you really like seek to understand them that we are all more alike than we think we are, you know? And so she, Keisha, I will say out of all three of them came to me the easiest because Keisha mm. is my sister. Keisha is me. Keisha is my auntie. Keisha, like I have seen a lot of Keishas in my, <laughs> in my life. You know what I mean? So acting wise, it wasn't hard for me to put on her persona and find her voice and all that. But what I had to do was dig really deep to make her, to not make her a caricature, to make her a layered person that's like, yeah, she hood, like she is doing a lot of this and all that, but she, but she has a heart and she is like very devastated by the things that have happened in her life. And you're able to see that, you know, and you're able to see like this hard exterior, but that she's like dying inside. You know, the mm -hmm. second character is Jill. She's a stay at home mom. I was a new mother when, when, you know, I was working on this. So a lot of Jill was like, whoa, like, you know, I kind of feel these ways sometimes. And now my, my oldest kid is nine and my youngest kid is five. So I really relate to Jill now. Like, mm. <laughs> I have, like the longer time goes on, the more and more I relate to these characters, you know? Yeah. And um, Jill is com seemingly completely opposite than me, you know, seemingly. But people who really know me and, and me really knowing myself, I'm like, I totally act like Jill in a lot of ways. You know, I can relate to her in a deep way. She's... She's a mother. She's a wife. She's trying to be a good wife. She's a Christian. So it's like, I have to do the right thing. Like, you know, I have to do, I have to do the right thing. Like God, like, you know, even though I'm, I'm crushed, I'm just going to be like, God is good. God is good. Yep. It's great. Where's my wine so I can get drunk. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah. uh -huh. so that's Jill. And she was hard. Like she was hard for me at first, you know, cause I'm, like John said, like, you are a black woman. Like, when he met me, he was like, you are black. Like, I love it. Like, you are urban. You are black. You are, like, that is me. I'm very urban. And Jill, the way I play Jill is, she's urban, but not, like, she's kind of, for lack of a better term, like, whitewashed a little bit. And right. not because she grew up around white people, but because she chose that persona for herself. Because she was trying right. to get away from where she grew up. So she went to college and she, like, you know, decided, like, I'm not going to be ghetto. I'm not ghetto. I'm, like, just a very, like, sweet person. And I'm going to talk like this, even though, like, that's probably <laughs> not really how I talked when I was younger. Uh -huh. But, you know, so anyway, that, so that's her. Yeah. 
And then Stephanie ended up being the hardest because I was I was worried about making Keisha a caricature, but I actually was making Stephanie a caricature because I was trying to make her, she's very successful. She's like top at her, at the firm she works at. She's struggling with mental illness, but you know, mm. I wanted her to talk very proper. And so I gave her this, this voice that was very like over the top. And I had to learn like, <laughs> as time went on, like I had to learn how to like, I needed to humanize her a little bit more and like, not just think of her as a bitch. Like she's not a bitch. Like she's, she is very like, in order for you to get that far in your career, there has to be something about you, especially as a woman, like you have to have some kind of charisma, you know? So yeah. it was like, I had to find the charisma in her. And, um, now she's become one of my favorite, one of the favorites for me to perform. But depending on where I am in my life, one of them is like more fun for me to play than, you know, than the others or whatever. But Stephanie, she's, you know, she's still, you know, she grew up in the hood. That part of her can come out if you bring it out. But for the most part, she tries to keep it together. She doesn't like explaining herself. She doesn't have time. She hates people, really. Like, she has to deal with them because... You know, she has a job where she needs to deal with people. But if she had her choice, she would not have relationships with people because they're too much work, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. And so as time goes on, her layers begin to her her walls begin to crumble because she's she's talking to this therapist and she has to end up getting real with herself about her past and the things that she's done and how she really feels about herself, you know, mm-hmm. and why she's even in therapy in the first place. And so it's a great it's a great piece. It touches on a lot of different issues. Mental illness in the black community is definitely one of them that we don't talk about a lot, you know. And uh, a lot of things that, you know, women um, relate to, relationships, friendship, what that means, you know, uh, overcoming trauma, you know, in our lives and stuff. But it's so funny. I mean, even even though, like, the subject matters are serious, like, it's so funny. Like, it's funny. It, it will have you laughing. It will have you crying. It will have you angry. You know, you go through all, you know, the emotions, shock, you know, everything. But it's, uh, it's, such, it's so, it's really, really, really good. Really good. And uh, it has been... Definitely, um, I've learned a lot about myself and myself as an actor by having, you know, creating these characters, coming up, me or Anthony writing these characters and me digging in to figure out, you know, who they are. So I just feel blessed that I have something of my own that I've been able to like hone over time. So, yeah, for sure. Um, does it, uh, obviously, you've been doing it for a, a hot minute now. Um, how long does it, how long does it take you to, I guess, get prepared for it? Because obviously you've been, you know, adding depth all this time with these three characters. Does it take you, can you just finger click and you're like, I'm in? Or like, do you you have to do like, I don't know, like, do you have routines in terms of that kind of stuff? I, I'm a, I'm a more of a finger click, uh, actor in general. I can like laugh and talk with you. I can laugh and talk yeah. with you or whatever. And then they're like, okay, rolling. And then I'm like, okay, nice. tears. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm able, to, I don't know. Good, I'm yeah. able to, I'm not the kind of actor that like has to be like in a cocoon, like in order to, 
yeah. perform, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, I do, like, if I have a performance, if I'm going to perform three, you know, about 10 minutes before, you know, I want to make sure I have some quiet and I pray and I am thinking about, like, what the character is thinking about, you know. The weird thing about it is because I'm, I never leave the stage once I'm on the stage. I don't leave. So right. I'm thinking about Keisha before the you know before the show and I perform Keisha and the beautiful thing about it is for some reason I'm able to just click right into Jill from do you know from doing Keisha once I put on those clothes you know change her clothes it's just like bam like I'm able to drop drop right in you know and so if I haven't done the play I need to take about maybe five six days and like read the script again and just rejog my memory of the lines you know <clears throat> and now after all these years, like when I come back to it, I'm able to remember my lines quicker than before. It was like I did it and then I didn't do it for a few years. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to relearn these lines, you know. But now I've kind of been trying to do it every summer. So for the last, this is the third year I will have done it every summer. And I'm doing it on Instagram Live this time because of what's going on. But um, but since I'm doing it every year, it's much easier for me to remember the lines and it's much easier for me to drop into the characters. And then the fun part about it is every time I do it, it's different. I learn new things about the characters every time. I'll say a line and be like, oh, that's what she meant. That's what she means by that. You know, mm -hmm. completely different meaning than it had the last time I did it. You know, but that's the fun part about it. And that's why I keep doing it. That's, that's good. I think, I guess that in that case, you know, it's kind of a, um, you know, a shout out to, you know, how theatre works in terms of obviously doing it several times over a period of time. And you can, you know, gain more as you grow also as a person. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a school one for, for school one for theatre. Good shout out. Yeah. Good shout yeah. For <laughs> um, man, this is, this is uh, f probably like the first interview for me where I've just been like, I could literally talk for another like, you know, <laughs> hour and a half because like, there's so much I could, there's so much I want to get to, but, uh, well, so, <sighs> okay, I'll go ask because like the first time I saw you was in Rebel and, uh, that was, that was my first, um, I guess, like you know just time seeing you on screen or in any fashion mm -hmm. um and at that time uh trying to think back to when I was watching it um it was it had a it had a real uh you know a focus of course but mm -hmm. there was a great amount of um you know ability to shift weight whenever it you know, whenever it needed, to, whenever the story needed it to be, um, yes. and, I, and I found that very, you know, very uh, attra attractive, very magnetic, uh, I guess, in that in that sense. And uh, yeah. like John, I was pissed uh, when the f <laughs> when, it did get, <laughs> when it did when it did get reduced because I literally generally enjoyed it, and um, you know, I've been. Um, following career from afar ever since and uh you know it's, it's it's been very fascinating and also in this case of this interview you know you talking about your backstory as well it's interesting how some of the roles you have had um either by creation or just um you know being given to you 
it's very convenient that a lot of them, you know, have some connection to your past, you know, talking about, you know, um, in Rebel and having um, your character, the dad who was an alcoholic, and then obviously you're talking yes. about before, so your dad had your own prob- his own problems, um, yes. and also obviously Snowfall, you mentioned the crack epidemic, and I was, <laughs> uh, the, the, the crack, uh, crack in LA, and I was just like, that's a true right. like, <laughs> like it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it um, is. That's so true. And you know, I, I don't really, although I, you know, have a database in my head of um, how you know act, actors' lives um, connect with other things. It's always, for me as a writer, it's always like you know, you always try and sprinkle some form of you know whatever, um, whatever experiences that mm-hmm. you've personally experienced or you know someone. But it's just fascinating as like, you know, you don't, you don't, you didn't create these roles. It just, no. yeah. it, it just came. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, since it's your life, but I find it very <laughs> fascinating. I just find that extremely <laughs> fascinating and extremely coincidental, uh, yeah, but in a right. very, very good way. Um, but yeah, uh, guessing you up over, um, I guess uh, I'd like to finish this off uh, with two, with two more things. Um since uh since I'm, I'm doing these interviews obviously partly just because um uh you know just something for people to listen to and um you know um, i like i like getting to know other people in terms of learning their stories um what kind uh what are you uh in terms of music uh what are you or even screw it i usually do music because obviously i interview a lot of artists but mm-hmm. in this case uh or whatever you want to do um what do you uh, recommend people either watch or listen to or what are you actually into at this at this moment in time what you've what's getting you through i guess yeah yeah um well i love um d smoke's album d smoke is Mm, do you know who he is yeah he's great he's great Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. won the uh Rhythm and Flow on um, Netflix. Watch Rhythm and Flow. It's so good. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's I meant great. To it. I love his album, um, Black Habits. It's really great. Um, so I love that. I love go- I love um, gospel music. So Travis Green um, is a he has a great album. Uh, his both of his albums are are really really great, and they've been getting me through. You know, just with the worry and concern of not working and you know being stuck in the house can make you go cray cray um d uh d nice is on instagram (laughs) with club quarantine that's been helping that's been definitely Mm -hmm. helping just hearing music and you know music is is healing and it and it can um it can lift your spirits for for sure um who else um I have like a lot of playlists like on my on my Spotify. Um you can follow my I have a playlist for my character um Deputy Minnick on a Deputy on Fox. I have a playlist on Spotify. So you can follow nice. my playlist. Uh so I have a lot of cool songs on there um that I that I really like and uh as far as um television is concerned, um I love Ozark. I just finished season three of Ozark. I love that show. It's fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and then I'm watching The Hunters on Amazon. I'm only on episode two, so it's cool so far. It's cool so far, but I haven't got far enough to say I love it yet. 
And okay. then the other show I really like is uh, Little Fires Everywhere. It's on Hulu. It's Carrie Washington's, uh, Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon's show. I really like right. it. I really like that one. Um, and let's see. Other than that, I can't wait for Handmaid's Tale to come back out. Because <laughs> that's my show. I love, <laughs> I love Handmaid's Tale. Um, yeah. And then if you want something a little lighter, maybe like All American. All American is pretty good. Um, I got to finish watching that one too. Um, but yeah, I just I'm trying to have time to you know binge watch and drink wine and do that and listen to music and write and you know do as much stuff as I can to get through you know get through this uh, this time in our in our world's history. It's very weird. Hope yes. it ends soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, good, good, good shouts. Um, yeah, for sure. If, if any of you guys want to get into that, get into that. Um, so I like to finish every interview um, with a top five. Okay. Um, I also like to, well, I like to just, you know, give it, give everyone breathing room because obviously it's a bit on the spot when I ask for a top five. That's the point. Uh, <laughs> but you can, you can do it however you want to. Um, does that have to be about TV or anything that you're involved in? It could just, okay. it could be about food or forever. For all I care, I don't really. It's your top five, so ah. you can do what you want with it. So, uh, go where you want. Okay. Um. Hmm. But whatever I do pick should be in one genre, right? Like top five. Uh, you know what? Actually, people have been like just going all in, like in terms of oh, just. All over I got the one. Place? I got one a couple of episodes ago where it's like uh, they gave me like uh two albums a film a book and oh, okay. uh, something else okay, so cool. yeah because i mix it up okay. however you want it mix and match okay. pick and mix okay um my top five um neapolitan ice cream <laughs> um that's cheating that's three i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> right neapolitan ice cream um a massage uh, like at a spa, a spa, like mm-hmm. t- tissue massage, mm-hmm. um, um, grapes, <laughs> green grapes, <laughs> um, red wine and, um, Jesus. <laughs> that was very Mediterranean, that's a very Mediterranean top five. <laughs> Like you got grapes, sausages, like wine, wine. super like yeah, that's low key Italian and Greek all at the same time. I may have some of that in my in my family lineage. You never know. Yeah, yeah, ancestry hit us up. Um, all right, Mr. Daniel Monet Truett, this has been an absolute pleasure to be honest. Um, I really appreciate your time. Uh, like I said, I really wish I had more time because this is because I, I just wanted to dig into so much. But uh, <laughs> you know, what, from what from what I've got so far, it's it's, it's been amazing. And uh, well, there's always there's always potential for another one down the line. Yes, so, uh, for sure. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe I'll let, maybe I'll let your career breathe a bit, and then we can get get to that for the future. I would, uh, I would but, love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But for the meantime, I highly appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much. This is this definitely gave me something to look forward to this week. So, thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was my interview with Miss Danielle Manet Truitt. 
yeah man it's a it's a, it's a, like I said I really wanted more time <laughs> but damn it I couldn't um I did mention obviously in the interview that the day after we recorded that she was uh, doing her she was performing th- uh, three black girl blues um on IG live and I went to you know watch them um afterwards in the, in the in the days afterwards and uh yeah man it's it's a really interesting um just overall uh, uh i guess play a show it's it's a very interesting show um uh she describes it very well obviously in the interview itself and uh yeah man it's it's super is it has layers <laughs> like the layering is absolutely great like the you, you start with you start with Keisha at first and then like she's you know she's 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 doing her thing on the phone and then and then and then it comes back and uh, it f- finishes on a very um I don't I don't have to have to word it but a very um uh n- not safe and not uh not sane uh <laughs> not clear in the head uh kind of <laughs> kind of vibe at the end um and then it goes to jill and stephanie and, I'm, and it just unravels like every every little bit it's just, it just every moment just you know just the the what's the word the the thread is just pulled a little bit every time she says something so it's, it was a super interesting watch um, uh, when I was, I was watching those uh, particular shows. Um, I don't know if she's uh, banked them and ha- and uh, you know just have them on uh, her IG, but um, if they are there, I do urge you guys to go watch it. Um, it's a really entertaining and a really interesting, uh, just like case study, I guess, in in some ways of just uh, how black women uh, live and uh, how they. Uh, sometimes can respond to each other's, you know, um, ups and downs, um, even though, you know, they're together. But, you know, I, th- I think that happens with a lot of people, you know, especially when you have, when you're so, when you're so tight knit, um, you know, when you're in school or whatever, when you're growing up together, you know, some people up, some people go down. And it's interesting trying to, I guess, I don't know, keep that relationship, especially when you grow up into, you know, adulthood, you know, I literally just turned 24 recently, and, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's always fascinating, you know, going year by year, and looking at how your friendships evolve, if they evolve at all, um, if they just don't even have a chance to evolve, and they just, you know, die, and they wither out, um, it's, it's very fascinating, but in this case, in terms of three Black Girl Blues, it's, it's, it was an amazing, uh, it was an amazing performance, and I really enjoyed it, so a uh, shout out to Danielle Manitrua on that one, and, uh, shout out to her for this whole episode, I mean, she, she just bossed this episode, to be honest, uh, like, I couldn't have, I couldn't have asked for more, even though I really wanted to ask for more, <laughs> I didn't even get to rebel, I didn't even get to ask her about, you know, her, how John Singleton, um, uh, just, you know, left an imprint on her, because I know, um, that she, uh, you know, dearly, you know, loves him in that way, and, um, I just wanted to dig into that as well, and just, uh, you know, get a feel for how John was, because I've always wanted to, I always wanted to, um, meet him as a, just as a filmmaker, as a, he's a fascinating person, it's just a shame that he, uh, went so, <laughs> went in, in the way that he did, but, you know, apart from that, it's been, a, it was, it was a good interview, and, uh, Hopefully we'll get. Hopefully we'll get a part two someday. You know, in a, in a, in a few years. So I'll, you know, like I said, I'll let it breathe. 
<laughs> let her career go a bit, and uh, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. But apart from that, that's all you're getting this episode. So, <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Film Podcast Network, I've tried saying this has been most good. Music has been "Hold It Down" by Axion and "Baxter" by Brock Berrigan. You can find both of those songs via Bandcamp links in the full show notes in the link below. Yeah, here you go. I'm getting, I'm getting there. That'll be that'll, that'll get more smoother <laughs> as we go along. <laughs> but apart from that, it's been a good episode. Uh, another another great one next week. Another great one after that, and after that, and after that. I'm just gonna keep coming with these. I'm gonna keep coming with these. Trust me. I'm gonna keep them. Keep trying to find some good people to uh, to talk to. Uh, but for now, hope you hope you guys have a good week. I'll always try and do the same. And until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.